This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast, episode 94, sponsored by Jim Henley's Universe and the Netflix. Uh, let's take roll call real quick, shall we? Uh, Connor? Yes. Okay, so I've got uh, Connor. That's with two N's. No. Okay, so Connor is not here. Why do we do this every week? Okay. Are you here? Yes. All right, very good. I'll check the box. And now Ron. Ron, are you here? What? I, don't even, I, don't, I don't even like the show. All right, but are you here? Yeah, yes. Why All right, so Chick and Josh. Apparently he's gone somewhere. You're listening to iFanboy, Pick of the Week podcast, where Ron, Connor, and Josh will be talking about this week's comic books. So if you haven't listened to them, there will be spoilers. Stop now. You have been warned. Also, Citizen Kane is a very crappy movie. The Godfather is much better. Well, Connor, take it away. Well, thank you, unnamed person. Who's full of shit. <laughs> Why can't brilliant movie? Why can't you just like both? I do like both. Yeah. Why can't he like both? Um, 
uh, The Godfather is an excellent movie. It is. Okay, so the only thing he didn't tell you is that we're from iFanboy.com, where we read a bunch of comics and we like them. Uh, Sometimes. Yeah, we, well, we like comics, so we read them, but we don't right. like all of them. Sure. And we don't all like the same ones. No, uh, never. And then we pick the best one, and then one of the people writes a review on it. That goes up on Wednesday night. And we come here and talk about it on the podcast. And like he said, Connor, take it away. Was it the best one I was supposed to pick? Oh, 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 shit. I picked number eight. <laughs> this was middling. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I had a lot of books. I had 14 books. Um, I did not go into reading my stack expecting to pick Booster Gold number one <laughs> as my pick of the week. I was shocked. I read it about halfway through the stack, and I was like, oh, my God. This, this is I, good. I don't see anything else even coming close to this, but um, a couple things did, but this this was fantastic <laughs> on, like, so many levels. Um, Booster Gold number one is by Jeff Johns and who's this guy? The Cats. Guy? Cats. He works for Fox. Jeff Katz, uh, writing with Jeff Johns and Dan Jurgens is on pencils. He's a VP at Fox. Really? Yeah. And he's Hollywood. got. I'm gonna write some comics in Hollywood. <laughs> that never goes badly. <laughs> gonna hopefully get a development deal because I let him write an issue. <laughs> him, and, him and Richard Donner. Jeff Johns is my friend, okay? Write comic books. <laughs> So, um, yeah. so, so the story of this is in 52, if you read 52, Booster Gold... And I like you read... Con- Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Booster Gold was an integral character in 52. He was responsible for saving the multiverse with Rip Hunter at the time. He's possibly the most important character yes. in 52. Yes, right. Yeah. So what happens is he, come, he comes out of this with, with a renewed sense of... As Josh takes his shoes off... It's hot. And sticks his foot in my face. A renewed sense of importance in his own self-worth. He thinks he's the greatest hero there is. Everyone should know that. Because um, he was very egotistical. Did he already think that? Yeah. Well, now he's got reason to believe it because he saved the world. He flies around thinking Superman's never saved the world fifty-two times in a row, you know, at once. Oh, and, yeah. um, and what happens is Rip Hunter shows up and says, "Look, there's still a problem with the time stream. It's still broken." Rip the time hunter. Rip Hunter. And um, the time cop. He says, there's, "There's some. There's people using the broken time stream for their own gain. They're gonna. They're gonna ruin the universe. The people are gonna die. You've got to come with me to save the universe again. The only problem is no one can know you're doing it." Ooh. And a whole there's a whole section of him um, agonizing over can he can he be a better person and save the world with getting no credit whatsoever for it. So the elevator pitch is quantum leap or sliders in the DC universe. Yes, basically. And you think that you'd hear that elevator pitch and you would groan, or that Exiles did it, right? Well, was Exiles saving the world, or were they just bouncing around? Exiles was bouncing around under the premise that they were fixing things in, in, in time and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I haven't read either of these It books. wasn't time, it was in universes, I think, alternate universes. Right. So, but, um, but yeah, so, but, so I would hear that elevator pitch, and I would hear Booster Gold, and I would hear Quantum Leap, even though I love Quantum Leap, as right. you do. We, yep. Um, and I would think that it was... Because that's awesome. the opposite, because that's the reason why I bought this reading, this solicitation, yeah. was the premise. There's a couple of great things about this book. One is that Booster Gold is unlike most other DC characters, in that he's not... He's not the stand-up guy who's helping people out of the goodness of his heart, and he's not as. And I, as I wrote the review, he's not as bad as, as I think Ant-Man is portrayed to be, yeah. where he's just like awful. Mm-hmm. He Booster Gold actually genuinely wants to help people. He's actually genuinely brave, but at the end of the at the end of the, the day, he wants the credit for for doing the good thing. Whereas, it's almost as if if Ayn Rand wrote comic books, Booster Gold would be the character she wrote. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Like he doesn't want to. Fl- Don't look at me like I'm the ignorant one because I didn't read it. <laughs> I know you are. I've read a lot of books. I just didn't read those. Um, and and it's not like he's the Lone Ranger who doesn't want the credit and rides off and doesn't want to know who did it. He wants you to know Booster Gold is the man to save the day. Yeah. And so that's interesting to read somebody like that within the place of the DC universe. Um, and what was great about this was him having to decide to become the good guy and decide to save the world without anybody knowing it. And then at the end with with um, the Blue Beetle reveal. Yes. Where it's also kind of like Quantum Leap also in that Sam, at the end, decided to save Hal, save Al yeah. and sacrifice himself. And this, he says, I'll only help you if at the end of this you, you're going to go back in time and bring back Blue Beetle. Yep. Which I thought was a really emotional moment because up until this point, he's completely selfish. Right. And... That hit hard because because I've, I've you know these two characters Blue Beetle and Booster Gold have been in well I th- I feel as if I feel as if Blue Beetle was in reading just very little of that original Justice League run Blue Beetle was Booster Gold's conscious almost yeah conscious and losing Blue Beetle I thought was going to hurt Booster Gold as a character you know you know once Blue Beetle died so, well one of the know. things that happened because because of the Keith Giffen Justice League was these two characters are inseparable and you can't yeah. they they can no longer exist without the other yeah uh, without being completely rebooted yeah. 
Um, and then, then on top of everything else, there's a villain in here who's you go through the time stream changing things. Yeah. And this we see him going back to Sinestro. And he's dressed up like Supernova. Yeah, he 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 either kills or knocks out or something the uh, the guy who the, the as, booster's ancestor and well he must not kill him because booster wouldn't exist. He knocks him out, takes the suit, yep. and he's he's going to do something with Sinestro. Maybe even they'll tie it into the Sinestro Corps. Maybe yeah, that's what I was wondering. And we also get another Rip Hunter's time lab with another chalkboard scene with stuff that you could try to, like in 52 yeah. two chalkboards with all the clues Titans Hunt Don't Worry About Countdown Focus Elsewhere Who Was Dr. 13 The Return yeah. of Ray Palmer I mean there's yeah. lots of things this, is very, this was very much in the vein of 52 I thought yes and this, was, this was a very worthy continuation and then at the last page you get the similar to the JSA book you get the four panels showing future storylines the Jeff Johns uh, plot device to yeah. show the next year of what they figured out you know, yeah. which is because he gets to plan ahead which I kind of like I, mean, I do kind of yeah, like that yeah, yeah. so you, you at least get the idea that maybe he's got it planned out. Yeah, it's not all just. Seated. Who's Dan? Where? That's the original Blue Beetle. Oh, it is mm-hmm. interesting. Okay, cool. So we get. It's just it was, this was really fun. I thought it was really funny in parts. Yep. It was very emotional in parts. Um, it was fantastic. The only downside I thought was the art by Dan Jurgens, who, um, while he's a skilled penciler in that he can draw things really well. His layouts and his there's just no dynamic. Oh, point. that's so funny because, because I mean, look at like, there's like his his characters are very up and down. They're, they yeah, all very stand very straight. Well, he, all yeah, the time. he did the layouts. It's important to say he did the layouts and Norm Rapman did the finishes, which is just a word for inker. I mean, I, I guess. I mean, I no, don't know, I probably yeah. tightened up the pencils. And yeah, stuff. but I mean, yeah. it's still the layouts are still that jerkins. They're all still right. Everybody's always ramrod well, straight in the, the shapes but, and everything. Yeah. What's so funny is that as I, as I was driving down here to do the show tonight, I was looking at the book while I was stuck in traffic on the bridge. And um, I was thinking, you know, it's great to see Dan Jurgens back and doing something really good. I thought I really, I mean, no. The thing is, it's yeah. it's a it's a, it's a, it's a strange uh, competing element because he's very good at drawing. Like yeah. his his, char- his characters are well done. It's just that they're all very boringly drawn. Well, it's funny because I was thinking because because um, at the at the at the San Diego convention when Jurgens was up on the on the the platform for yeah. the countdown. Um, Panel. I was thinking, wow, Dan Jurgens. I haven't thought about him in years. Like, yeah. he doesn't really, and I was kind of lumping him in with those artists who do, who haven't really caught up with the digital age and like with the digital coloring. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like we were talking about John Byrne doesn't really hold up now like, when you see stuff. Right. Like, you know, maybe even George Perez, even though I love his stuff, but in Brave and the Bold, it doesn't look like the same George Perez that we remember twenty years ago. That well, sort of thing. I think it's just that that's that styles have moved on and and it stands out like an anachronism a little bit. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I felt as if that like that wasn't noticeable in here, and I wasn't sure how much of that was Ratman versus when he was Jurgens, when I was yeah. a kid. Dan Jurgens was my favorite yeah he was great I mean, um yeah, so uh so this this was fun i mean this is this is something you, i think you can jump into this if you if you're at 52 at all you, you can read this and like it if you like um, alternate timelines and if you're like into that. time i mean i love i dig time travel stories where you have to go in and save the time i mean it's the yeah. quantum leap thing i mean yeah. it's, it's, it's basically quantum leap it's one of our favorite TV rip shows. hunter is, is yeah totally yeah. so i really like do you think we'll find out who rip hunter is because they, they alluded to it well that's that's his great mysteries you never know who he is because if you did if you did you could go back and he didn't kill have him. a beard in 52 did he no. Okay. I just want to make sure I had that correct. Yeah. So this was good. So. This was really good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I, I was. I thought when you. I, I. We were chatting. I think then Wednesday night. And I said. So what's you said. You told me it picks up. So what is it? You're like booster gold. And I laughed out loud. And I thought it was like yes. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I assume you didn't pick it up by your silence. Nah, not really. Well, fair it was very good. Yeah, I'm sure. it was good. Um, <laughs> we I, had, don't, I don't need any more titles. <laughs> we had I, a, I wanted to be like, it cures cancer, and then I'll add it, but <laughs> I'm sorry. It might. You never know. Don't, assume it, do, don't assume it doesn't. Do I, do I have cancer? <laughs> Take your copy to the cancer ward. <laughs> all right, well, all right. Let's, let's not get on this road. From that, um, an email from someone. This was a listen. Big, big week for books in terms of milestone books. Justice League of America 12 was Brad This is Meltzer's, a milestone? Well, it's his final issue. Not milestone, but it's, it's big. It's like, this is a milestone? This is, this is, is Meltzer's final book. It was Wade's first yeah, run. And it was, it was, it was uh, Stuart Amonin's first Spider-Man. So this, we had a lot of big issues. Yeah. You bought all of the Justice Leagues. I bought them all. And I thought Justice League number 12 was probably the best one of... Not counting 11, which was the, the, Brit, the cave-in. Gene Ha. Was the Gene Ha issue. 12, I thought, was the second best one of the run. I agree. I think it was the second. I, th- I agree with you. I think it was one of the best ones of the run, and at the same time, mm-hmm. not. There were things in this book that I liked a lot, and yeah. there were things in this book that I could really done without. Yes, uh, yeah, same. I, and I, I'm very torn about it, quite honestly. But like, what were the things? Well, for one thing, I like character development, but I feel like we've been having character development for a long time here, and I'm like, okay. Do something, he, Justice League. Well, yeah. it's the last issue. You I know, but like, sort of what was, how long was his first arc? 
Six. Well, I guess it, the first arc we didn't really like. The second one was that confusing ass JSA crossover, yeah. and then there was like a one, few. There was one. There was two. These two single issues. Eleven yeah. and twelve were single stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess I just was like, I just had at this point I'm starting to miss. I'm like, go do something with the Justice League. Now that being said, the character development stuff in this I thought was really great and fun. I am sick to death now of the last page. Look at us, we're awesome, Page, because he's done that way too much in this yep. series for can, me. Can we just take a note and and realize that, that there are like twelve people in the Justice League? Now, yeah, yeah. That last that that last two page spread on the on why the is Geo Force on his team? He's not officially though. I think he's got he's something to do with the story they're going to tell, yes. and then after it's over, he'll be gone. Got it better because he sucks. Yeah. I don't even know who that is. How he's great an old outsider? How hot is Hot Girl? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the first uh, three pages, I love the, the the Silver Age flashback. I love. Yeah. That. Yep. I, I don't know why. I just, oh, I lo- I lo- yeah. You know what? I, I would read. We really if, we we don't want to admit it, but I think we love the Silver Age. No, I love I love I, I love early JLA. I love the moving and the way I love the them. Silver Age in the Silver Age. Right, yeah, I don't yeah. like it in the modern. Or no, but like when they retell stuff, like if they were to do a JLA year one series, yeah, yeah, or mini, I'd be all over they that. Did, and, but they, no, they but like if like all over. if there was a way to do like a, yeah, uh, but that's uh, still uh, keeping it in the Silver Age. It's yeah, not applying yeah. that story type to the new. And that's but your pet peeve. That's your yeah. Pet if you yeah. think about it, there's JLA year one, which is fantastic, yep. and um, New Frontier in a way works in that. That's very This scene, you know. That's you guys want to guess what my f- favorite part of the story was? What, when um, Red Arrow and Hawk Girl did it? <laughs> Red, by the way, Hawk Girl, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was the the Aquaman John reveal at the end. Oh yeah, actually, I'd, oh yeah. The, I, are they they're gonna, sitting in the old cave? Right? Yeah, they're sitting in the old. Justice are they going to join the team too? No. <laughs> Because it sort seems like it. it's you know because the team's a little light right now honestly yeah, uh, yeah I think they, they really well look at, they can't go up against the JSA the JSA has twenty five exactly <laughs> comparatively it's a small, it's a small platoon I, I did enjoy um, Red Arrow's uh, daughter dressed up like Speedy yeah I thought that mm-hmm. was cute that was funny mm-hmm. um, Black Canary. Um, uh, Exercising with a harmonica it was cool. I that was an interesting yeah. little yeah. thing. I, the things I find interesting about this team are oddly enough that like he he was all about like the big three have to be there. Yeah. Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are the least interesting parts of this. I think if yeah. like the team was like right now, if it was, I can keep give or take Red Tornado, but I think Black Lightning's really interesting. Yeah, I think Hawk Girl's really interesting. I think uh, Red Arrow. Even Vixen is sort of interesting. Uh, she's, she's the one who sticks out. It doesn't fit. Vixen and Geoforce need yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah, need to go. Yeah, uh, you know, Green Lantern I think should be there, but he's yeah. real busy. Well, the thing is, we don't get we get hardly any Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, or Flash. We get Flat. We get Red Arrow. We get Vixen. We get Black Lightning. We Geoforce. We get Red Tornado. Mm-hmm. We get Hawk Girl. That's yeah. really the, been the focus of these well, twelve issues. What's interesting yeah. is that he set up this thing Mary. here where. Geoforce is now meeting with um, what's his name? Uh, Deathstroke. Hey, Deathstroke, Terminator, who is in every book all the time. Yeah, well, um, they're setting him up as the new, as not yeah. the new, but the, the, the badass. Of, but uh, but he's he's basically set up a story and then left. He's done a hit and run. Oh, Deal yeah, with it, Dwayne. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, it could be that could be a lead into Dwayne's story for all we know. Mm. Who knows? I mean, but um, I, did I uh, Eric Ed Bennis and Eric White are the pencilers? I did notice an inconsistent inconsistency in the art. Yeah. Kind of did, did 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 uh did they split up like the parts though? I like, don't know. I don't know if White did the flashbacks. Yeah, and, that's and the way Bennis that I was did, But at. but Bennis's art. The I re- felt was 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 really really nice and sharp, mm-hmm. and then really muddy and rough. Well, that the reveal page on um on uh, hot hot girl and, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Speedy. Whatever his name is, Red, Red Arrow. Arrow. Red, I can't Red remember Tornado. that for some reason. Red no, Red Arrow. Yeah, it was really muddy. Look, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I don't know, but whatever. It but was, this was a really was good, good issue. Yeah, it was. It was, it was in another week. It might have been a pick. So Meltzer. Wow, that's yeah, interesting. No. Well, you know, I, I really do respect what he tried to do. Yeah, I like the idea behind it. I don't think it it worked. It needed more. He, I think he, he needed he, to balance the action. And the, I look at it like the Hulk movie. Like, which I was like, I really respect what he tried to do, but I don't know if it worked especially well. Yeah. Flash 231, Mark Wade. Back. <laughs> I, was, I was really curious about this. Um, Akuna on art. I loved it. Did you? I loved it. This was very close to being the pick of the week. Interesting. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't say I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so just to bring the folks up to speed who might not be reading, this is the Mark Wade's first issue on the new run. Well, I, he, he, did the, he did the bridge. Well, he did the bridge, and now they're back. I love that they went to the old numbering. Yep. Thank you. As my as the continuity freak, um, and what we've got is now Wally is back in Keystone City. Keystone City's been unprotected, you know, in Bart's absence, and so things are you know disasters starting to happen. 
while he is returned to Keystone City with his wife and with his two kids, who we find out now in the in the year that Wally's been gone in fifty two and whatever year year one year later year one whatever it is, um, they rapidly grew in one year. They were on some alien planet that was fra- flash friendly. And they rapidly grew, and now they're like you know, you know, about to enter like they're like eight, nine, ten. Now Connor and I were talking about this. Yeah. Now the the question is, did they lose a year, or did they or did they lose ten years, or did they live ten years in the space of one year? But it was sped up, so it to them felt like a felt like the full ten years. But in our world, only a year had passed. I feel as if to Wally and Linda, it felt like a year, but the kids grew as if it was ten years. The kids grew. ten See, years See, I think in a with year. flash metabolism. Yeah. And for some reason, but Linda Lin- doesn't have flash metabolism. He's got well, he's got a lot of speed force. Going instant on. aging and fits and starts. Yeah, I mean they they age more rapidly, but it doesn't necessarily mean it was a year. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm I'm okay with they were gone a year and the kids aged. I don't care. Right, it doesn't really matter. It's, well, no, the it's like a time travel thing. You kind of just gotta. It's gonna pop your brain. Um. So and then what we've got is we have a disaster strikes and the Flash's kids are on the scene in costume and they start helping people and then the Flash comes and whoops them away before they get interviewed by a reporter and we find out that they've got powers and that there's some some you know bio-monitoring of their powers that Linda needs to do because she got a degree in, in she almost became a doctor <laughs> before she left so thank God for that and she was a TV and, reporter yes yeah mm-hmm. and there well then she went back to school before right. remember that yeah, she, yeah before Zoom oh. she met the guy in the class yeah. and, and apparently Wally is against them being heroes but Linda's like no let them be heroes which is which, an interesting twist I which think. is a very yeah. interesting twist um, I love the fact that they're not just speedsters. Yeah, I love the, the fact that they've got aspect of By the, the speed way, powers. Muscular children creep me out. Well, yeah, well, we get that in a second. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I love the fact that the the boy is really strong and the girl can vibrate through things. Mm-hmm. So they've got aspects of the speed force, but they're not just straight speedsters. So that's mm-hmm. kind of evolution of it. Um, so I like that. What I didn't like was Akuna. Really. The art really kind of bothered me. I don't like the character design of the kids. I don't like their costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, just really want Kershaw on the book. I really want Kershaw on the book. Uh, you know what? Uh, but, or anybody else. I just don't like. I don't like this look. I, I don't know. I think it kind of works for the story. Yeah, is that, and, and I it, think it's good. The, here's the deal: is like, well, how does it work for the story? Well, because, because, that, well, because know, you I, get a lot of you get a lot of motion. On it. He's he's very yeah. good at portraying that they're moving quickly. Well, yeah, but that's just the blur in Photoshop. No, but I think no, he does literally. like the, the the idea of like they're gonna they're gonna have kids now, and there's the sort of goofy faces, and it's sort of. Okay. Friendly and fuzzy and whatever. The thing is, I don't really want this story, and I don't think it's bad. But this, like, if they're going to be this story, I think the art fits with it. Yeah. I, I think. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm less about whether the art fits in the story or not. Like, I don't. I mean, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I mean, like, look, I mean, look at the. I'm looking at the before you know, the, towards the end when when Wally jumps in the water. That page. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Wally. I mean, like that. Look how I think he's really, huge, he looks really good. I think he looks awful. Look how yeah. huge his head is. It looks normal. No, I think that's fine. I'm not liking it. So, um, no, that's just me. It's a taste thing. It's I like I like the evolution of of Wally. Yes. I think nobody. Yes. There's nobody who gets Wally better than Mark Wade. Yeah. Uh, possibly Johns. No, Mark Wade. No. Mark, Johns built on what Mark Wade. Had. The, Wally was nothing before Mark Wade yes, built agreed. him into a character. Um, the when when way, when they, way back when Wade started, Wally was the reckless hero. Yep. The young womanizer. And then through the course of that run, he's, he, he settled down, he, he met Linda, yep. and then and now this is the next evolution in his life, which is now he's got a family. Yep. And I really like that, that arc. Um, it, it, like, the one thing you can't say about this book is that it fits exactly in with the DC ethos. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's legacy. legacy. Yeah. And, and you know, like, whether you like that or not, it's pretty impressive that they're, they're putting that into every one of their books in the line. They're like, this is how it's we're going to do it at DC, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I dig it. What didn't you like about it, though? I just, no, I just didn't I, think the art fit with the story. No, you no, no. I, I just, I don't want to read about his family. Right. I wanted to see. That's, that's all it was. I guess I just wanted to have like a flashback, like it was before. I mean, I know that this has already happened or whatever. Are you Ron or are you Josh? No, I. <laughs> because the thing was, I actually really liked the Flash for a long time when Mark Wade was writing it. Yeah, it was I one kinda, of the best books I kind of dropped off while Johns was writing it, and I was like, maybe we'll we go back to that kind of thing I really liked back then, right. which is an imperceptible thing I couldn't. Right. You know. And it's one issue too. Yeah. No. Well, no. But I mean, this is like this is like. Superman baby or whatever like things yeah. have changed now they have kids right. this is how it is now the kids can always disappear yeah. <laughs> they can send them to the future I know, I know a couple a guy, of bags yeah. and a chains and a and a but then theoretically a that, that's, that's awful bridge, there's that bridge that connects Keystone and Central City we are right? awful yeah. <laughs> the thing is though Wade's only doing a, an, I think an arc 
Or is something. He? He's not the permanent writer. It's a hit oh. and run again. Wow. I mean, he's like, only, the next guy who signed up to do Flash is like, all right. Oh, wait, he's got a family now? Fuck. He's only, <laughs> he's only reintroducing Wally back to the world. He's not actually oh, wow. permanently That's on the a, book. He's, he's making a lot of heavy things people have got to carry he's around. He's got to go be editor-in-chief of Boom. Right, right. Does, he's still going to write for DC, though, yes. right? Or is he, yeah, is he still doing... He, but he's not, right. he's not the permanent writer. Right, okay. Yeah. Unless something has changed, I don't know, in the last month. Which yeah. is possible. Things it's possible. We, we, morning. We can't stay on every news. My day. sources tell me. Um, <laughs> Ultimate Spider-Man 112, which was the first... Uh, full issue. First full issue for Stuart and Monin. Can we just get? Uh, can I get a straight thumbs up or thumbs down on Stuart Eminem and Connor? Well, I'm I'm, I'm a huge Stuart and Eminem fan. That's not just thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. Up, thumbs up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Ron, thumbs up. All right, me too. All right. Cool. The thing is, it was freaking weird. It it definitely was. Yeah. It, it's like go to a restaurant. And the building is the same restaurant I used to go to, but it's like a different restaurant inside. Like they change ownership, and you're just mm-hmm. like, "This is weird." Or like in Back to the Future, when Marty comes home and his parents it's are totally different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the art is great. I'm all, I'm a big fan of, the, of his art. It's just when you go into the Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man world, I expect them to all look like Mark Bagley. Right, and it's gonna take a while to shake. The only thing that that jumped out at me as weird mm. was um, how did Kitty see with the bag over her head? That's a mask. That's like uh, saying Spider-Man. How does he no, see I know, but this is the, the design looked really weird. I now, like you had a great point design. about the art, Josh. I don't Spider-Man. He draws... Oh. One of the things that was really good about Bagley all the way through is that he drew ba- uh, Spider-Man as Spider-Man a little smaller. Like, okay. he always looks smaller in comparison, and this as Spider-Man a looks a little more grown up and a little more muscular, and he can be muscular and everything, but he's not small looking. He always has a small frame. Yeah, I re- and I really like that. And then maybe that was just done by making his feet a little bigger, and his hands a little bigger, and his head yeah. a little bigger, but this doesn't have that. Well, I don't, well it's funny, because, because I'm looking at the, the last page of the fight in the beginning, when he's talking to Kitty, and, he, and I, I was just actually thinking how, wow, he looks kind of scrawny next to in, in that like, shot, he does, yeah, but in, in, in the, the shot where he's, fight, he doesn't. In the fight Actually, scene, he looks, nor- he looks normal yeah. size. If you go through it, and you actually just flip through the pages and look at it, it gets more Bagley-like the farther you go into it. Mm. Look at the high school scenes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Those are laid out just like Bagley. Now, he yeah. draws the high schoolers great. They look yes. like young kids. Mm-hmm. The uh, problem that I always have Bagley's Peter Parker was they when they started the book, it was 2000. And one, yeah, did the show on this? I should know. Yeah. Um, and he gave Peter Parker the 2001 haircut, and yeah. he never changed it through the course of the show. Yeah, Other well, it's only been like two months. Book, yeah. so it's like nine, I think, nine months. But yeah. I, I, I think it's great. Um, the baby story is always good for laughs. Yep. Yeah. Did, we got, we did got you Carol think? Danvers. We got Carol Danvers yep. and Shield. That that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I was a little Unless like, oh, died. it's this. They did this on Save by the Bell. Great. Yeah. Every every story <laughs> involving blew, high schoolers, there's eventually there's a baby. Yeah. yeah, that one. <laughs> there's eventually a baby story in every teenage story. Oh, absolutely. The take care of the baby thing. Yeah. I never did that in high school. I never did either. I mean, but, home ec in my school. But they, they kind of cleaned up the Kitty Mary Jane awkwardness quickly. You know what? Let's just make them not right. We'll make them friends. But <laughs> it's fine. It's only going to get worse now that they're going to take care of the baby. Though. Right. Yeah. That was a great plot device. You know? But no, but it was it was good. I enjoyed it. So Now a villain should come along and turn into a real baby and really raise the stakes. A squirrel baby. There you go. <laughs> That's how you write comics. You know, I dug it. All right. Good so. stuff. All right, so um, welcome, Mr. Eminent. Our last indeed. book, wa- our last book was a uh, was a, num- a number one no. issue. Our last book of this segment, yeah, number one issue. Uh, I picked up uh, Killing Girl number one because uh, I always scan the stuff and I thought, hey, this one actually sounds interesting because it's not about supernatural monsters, which I don't care about. Or there's no zombies. Anywhere? There was no zombies or anything. Yeah. Um, and this jumped out at me as well when I was looking at the list. As yeah. Well. yeah. Um, and and also I had heard a lot about Raketo yeah. and and never had a chance to read it. Raketo like, is is a book by the same creators. I yeah, he's, no, it's by uh, the the artist did Raketo, yeah. um, and this is art by him. So I was like, well, I want to make sure I, I check that out. And um, I don't know entirely what to think of this, but I think I liked it. I really liked it. Okay, I, really, I did not like it at all. Uh, okay, well, the, the premise is Killing Girl. It's a um, it's about a uh, prostitute hitman, or a hitman, a woman who is a hitman who is under the cover as a prostitute. Mm-hmm. No, know? she was a prostitute. They turned her into a hitman. right. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, prostitute hitman kind right. of hybrid type for the thing. mob. Yeah, um, and it, I just it takes place kind of contemporarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked the end. Yeah, I didn't see the end coming. Yeah, was, um, and did we really like it? We should talk about the art. Yep. Um, because there's nothing like it that I could possibly compare it to. Good. Because really. it was bad. Oh, I, oh, like, I don't I think like so. I thought it got worse as the issue went on. I thought it was really good in the beginning, and then I, I couldn't... What's happening in that pa- panel, I can't tell you. It's there's a, a couple of them. 
The worst transgression, which I think probably set me off on the wrong foot, is the, the guy she kills is named Mr. Klein, and he's got a huge nose. Ooh. Ooh. A huge nose. Okay, that's a, that's, yeah. a, that's a good point. That's horrible. And that, I read that, and I went, well, that's bad. Yeah. And then that, so I think it soured, soured me in the whole book. Um, but get There's away no from that. down over his mouth. I, it, like, the art, basically, it's <laughs> it just does. these... It does, like a penis. I know, I know. I know. Right. It's drawn with these brush strokes, basically. Yeah, that's And they're all true. over the place, and... You know what it reminded me of? <clears throat> this is going to sound really weird, but... Um, Bagley. No. Do you remember the movie that, um, with Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger, the Down with Love movie? Did you see that by any chance? It took place. Yeah. The movie was was a kind of campy mm-hmm. throwback to the early '60s kind of romantic comedies, and some of the interstitials in that movie and the graphics were that like early '60s kind of ske- magazine sketchy art. Yeah, yeah that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, if you're in a comic shop and there's a copy, just look because it's almost hard to explain it, but pick it up and flip through it, just sort of see what we're talking about. It 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 has a early '60s feel to me. Yeah. Even yeah, yeah, it takes yeah. place now. Even the even the drawings kind of do. Yeah, they yeah. They, they like like old Playboy cartoons. Or yeah, something exactly, like that. exactly. Yeah, um, that's what, that's what I'm, that's which I read for the articles, but I happened to see that. Oh, I started for the boobs. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually I really like it. I think that um, it's different and it's interesting. It's again, it's like one of those experimental things, and I think that we need more of it. Uh, it's not definitely not going to be for everybody. But it was fun. It was like it was like noirish and 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 sort of hyper violent, not for kids. Yeah, I mean it's very. I mean it's ma- it's based in the mafia. So yeah, like and the Russian mob and the Italian mob. And yeah, like it's not, you know, like and there's a lot of shooting, a lot of killing and stuff like that. There's a cool little kind of subplot about the girl and what she's got a twin sister and all her. The art's like, very experimental you know. though. Yes, um, and if you're into that kind of thing, I think you'll definitely find something. No, I dug it. I really liked it. Yeah. So. All right, cool. So, um, so we got some really important thing to tell you guys about, and that's Jim Hanley's Universe. Um, they're what, uh, they're our sponsor for the show, and they're one of the best uh, retailers in, in the country, actually. Quite um, progressive as well. They happen to be located in New York City, and they've got a, a great selection of comic titles and comic related merchandise. They got mainstream books, they got manga, they got miniseries, they got T-shirts, they, they got everything. statues, they got everything. Um, so when you go to when you go to New York, you got to visit Jim Hanley's Universe, where art and literature meet. But what's really important is that they are coming towards the end of their JHU countdown sale. So we so are when at you when you hear this, it will be August be two 20th. days left. Yeah, there'll be two days left. But that's important because on Monday, August twentieth, and Tuesday, August twenty first. You can get eighty percent off and then ninety percent off all their back issues under twenty dollars. So Fantastic Four one will not be ninety percent off, right? Correct. Which okay. would be awesome. If but it any back I would issues, buy that. Any back issues that are under that are twenty dollars or under on Monday the twentieth, they'll be eighty percent off. On and on Tuesday the twenty first, they will be twenty ninety um, percent off. You can complete your Quasar run exactly. So if there's a ten dollar book and on Tuesday the twenty first, it will be one dollar. Or, or conversely, if there's a $3 or $1 book, it's a dime. Yeah, how about that? Sweet. So uh, make sure you head over to Jim Henley's Universe. Uh, they're, uh, they got two locations in New York. One is across the street from the Empire State Building in Midtown on 33rd Street, and the other one's at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. Um, make sure you bring toll booth money for that bridge. Um, so you can also visit them online <laughs> at uh, Jim Henley's Universe. Uh, at Jim Han- you can see Jim Henley's Universe online at jhuniverse.com. Or you can go to their MySpace page at myspace.com slash Jim Hanley's Universe. And friend them, please. Yes. And, uh, and when you go to the store, tell them you heard about it on iFanboy. Yes. So. Where, you can, where you can maybe see a little display. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this bad when the heat kicks in in the first segment. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah. That's trouble for the rest it's of the quite, show. It's quite warm in this exactly. room. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, Ron nearly passes out during this, this uh, sponsor segment, then we're in trouble. It's ridiculous. Talk Why? to me about Checkmate. Some quick hits. Checkmate, was a, um, Checkmate 17 was sort of a standalone... Special issue, it was focusing on the head of internal security at Checkmate, who was an ex-villain. Uh, Do you know what I realized about this issue of Checkmate? Mm. Is that it's written by Greg Rucka and Eric S. Troutman. And how pissed off do you think Eric S. Troutman gets? Because he gets no credit for this book. <laughs> was this the first one that Troutman's co No, I, I went back, and they, they've been co-writing for a couple issues now. Really? Yeah. I never noticed it's that. It's not all Rucka. I mean, I believe a lot of it's probably Rucka guiding it, but like, I don't yeah. know what this Troutman guy's doing. But let's just give a little, a little, a little nod to Troutman. He's working hard. Hats off to you, Troutman. All right. There you go. Good Col- on you. Colonel Troutman from Rambo? No. Oh. <laughs> Eric S. Troutman. I thought this was a really good issue. I thought um, this show, there's a lot of stuff they can explore within Checkmate Universe. Mm-hmm. And the, I thought it was cool how, how they are constantly under attack 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. They're the most powerful espionage unit in the DC Universe, so they're constantly being attacked by supervillains or somebody trying to get their secrets and this is the guy who's in charge of keeping these people out of the Checkmate headquarters. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun, I thought. It was a nice little sort of issue about what 
you know, what this is about. This is actually a good one if you want to see if you like this book. Yeah, this is actually a good jumping on issue. It explains the organization, explains who everybody is, and there's a little bit of interpolitics, and you can see who... I mean, you won't understand everything in it, but you'll get a tone for it. Yeah. This is one of those books, man, you've got to pay attention when you read it. Uh, I, I keep a notebook next to me. That I keep <laughs> Trout. I mean, you yeah. you can't like sort of be half paying attention to this. I no. tried to read this watching TV or something. You can't no, like you I can't. tried to read it, like on the train, and I was like, yeah. I can't do this now. So, um, yeah, it was good. I dug it. So, yes. Um, I want to talk real quickly about Wolverine Origins. No. Um, okay, so uh, a much maligned Wolverine Origins. Issue number sixteen. Look how thick that is. It's thick. It's double sized. Ooh. Now the original, I, what I thought the point of Wolverine Origins was that they were going to fill in some of the gaps. Now that after House of M, he knew his had his memory and everything, and that's not what we've gotten. We've gotten this morass of Daniel Way <laughs> grossness that um, Ed McGinnis did the cover. I love that cover. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Painted Ed McGinnis. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting is, do you remember this cover? Yes. What is it? That was the Black Widow Wolverine uh, Captain America cover from Uncanny X Men. Right, oh. uh, and this issue kind of fill, is kind of happens in between the scenes of that issue. Oh, really? Um, what's interesting on this cover is Captain America Wolverine and Bucky instead of Black it's, Widow. Yeah, Bucky's not in this book, so I, uh, I was just like, okay. I mean, wow, that's awful. Yeah, he's barely in it. I mean, he's mentioned in, in context of Captain America. Is Black Widow like in it? Um, Black Widow is in it, but as a little girl. Um, the Uncanny X Men issue that they talk about, they just reprinted at the back of the book. Completely. So that's issue why number two sixty eight. That's really? why the double size is there. Yes. <laughs> so they just completely reprinted issue number two sixty eight. For those of you who aren't here, I'm making a look of puzzle. <laughs> so what we got is we got Steve Dillon actually. How, what was the cover price? Uh, cover price was three ninety nine. Dollars. Three ninety nine. So you're paying a buck yeah. for. But I have this issue. But anyway. Um, <laughs> but what was interesting was that Steve Dillon. Steve Dillon. You can buy it at Jim Hanley's for ten cents tomorrow. So. Steve Dillon redrew some of the scenes that happened in uh-huh. this Jim Lee issue, and then this kind of fil- this ha- this happened in both now with Logan at the museum at the um, Captain America kind of uh, memorial, memorial mm-hmm. reminiscing about, and we find out the revelation at the end of the book that apparently Wolverine was supposed to kill Captain America at one point in the forties, mm. and I guess that's where this arc is going to go. And so we're so we're getting back to the idea of filling in the gaps of his history, mm-hmm. but. Um, Steve Dillon art was fantastic. Daniel Way still can't write a comic book for us to save his life. Um, but I don't understand why they decided to reprint the entire... I mean, I guess to give it the context for people who never read it, it just kind of threw me off. So it was, hmm. it, it was interesting. But I reread the Jim Lee story. It was, it was Claremont Jim Lee. I mean, like, it was the prime. Was, I'm always, actually, that was, that, was, that yeah. was the prime. That was a great issue, 266. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was buying around that time. Steve yeah. Dillon art with like modern coloring looks weird to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. So, Awful dry Captain America's weird. Yeah, I'm like, well, look at... What's Cassidy doing here? <laughs> Um, I wanted to real quickly mention Hellblazer number 235. Um, this is just like, it, it, Diggle is nailing this left and right all the time. Um, you must be happy then. I am. It's a lot of fun, but I don't think Diggle... Diggle I've read, read something else. Somebody else is going to take over the book at some point, which kind of blows. Um, but I was talking to Connor about this. Some of the, the bad guys in this are like a, a pack of uh, like London uh, teens angry scary cockney London. scary teens and, and, and if you look I just wanted to show you what they look like they look Yikes, like it. they do look like that they do they look like that Josh and they're and scary spent, Josh and I spent a lot of time in London together and the, the scariest people in the world listen. in the summer of 1972 yes <laughs> the scariest people in the world are sort of the the pissed off cockney Londoners who just don't care yeah and these are just them and it's just like oh I haven't seen him he dissipate a minute I got, and just you're just like alright sorry I don't wanna <laughs> the guys you don't wanna cross and, and he, they're just it's just nailed all over the place in this, and John Constantine is just badass all over the place, and this has just been really, really good going forward. But by fucking mess with him, mate. Cut <laughs> you one. You don't like it when I talk like that, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> not, not in the least. <laughs> bit fucking well, watch your ass, son. Um, I wanted to really quickly just uh, talk about just a couple of books that I picked up in San Diego while I have a chance to. Um, I picked up Gutsville. Uh, number one, which actually came out in May, um, but they resolicited it because two got way delayed and whatever, so they they redid it. For oh, Fraser Irving. Fraser Irving, who drew uh, the Clarion, the Witch Boy uh, yes. issue of of Robin, and actually I was going through his stuff at his table. He's drawn a ton of stuff yeah. that you would be like, oh, that was you, and that was you, and that and the art in this thing is fantastic. I didn't so much follow the story. Um, I don't really it's understand public, it completely. Like issue number one, published by Image. Yeah, two ninety nine. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you exactly what it was, but flip it. You know, like if you're into this weird mystery horror magic. kind of, ma- it's not magic. It's like a horror story. It looks and, like they're bugs. 
they're like living inside the guts of something. Oh, and, 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 and there's a conspiracy, so. and I tried to read it. I had a hard time following it, I'll be honest. Yeah. But the art is absolutely beautiful. Um, I got from Viper Comics a collection of uh, web strips, actually, of a, a strip called You'll Have That, which is basically like dude and his wife and their life and it's a thing and it's um you can it, it's just like like a web autobio web strip sort of um that's kind of funny and cute and it's like it's exactly what you kind of think it was pretty cute and pretty funny you can check out a lot of these strips for free i think at the viper website or or you'll have that uh there's a superhero cover on it but um that doesn't there's no correlate which kind of threw me off because like, that threw me off at their booth actually i was like i don't well the thing was i was like yeah. i don't want a strip about superheroes yeah. being cutesy and then i saw it wasn't and i was like oh okay that's better yeah that's the but, superhero you know thing. it's like geek guy who has a wife and it's their life and you know it, it's and it's fun it's cute uh, another thing I got from Viper was a book called Sidekick and Hero, which I, I gave to Connor because I, I was didn't like, read that, yep. I was like, tell me if this is good or not. I, I saw, I see you with the cover, and I want to read it. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of mad. I wasn't. Uh, reading this. It's kind of good. It's kind of. Um, it's an interesting concept. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, it's ripping I, off Memento. Yeah, it's Memento and superheroes. It's, not, it's exactly Memento. Interesting. Um, Superhero hits his head. He's got short, no short-term memory. Yep. Can I borrow? You certainly can. Um, and his sidekick. It's the story is told from the point of view of his sidekick. Um, there's a really sort of neat little twist, and there's a good backup story yeah. in it. Uh, this came out, I guess, in May. Uh, it's a one shot. It's all there is of it. You know what's really funny is that I bought Dead at Seventeen from Viper when it like first hit, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Cool, awesome!" I, you know, because I, you know, I, I have a little place in my heart for the indie indie publishers and sure. that sort of thing. And then I felt as if Viper just went down on this road of like all Dead at Seventeen, all this horror kind of stuff. They've and only I, got four issues out. But, no, they have oh. a bunch of minis and all this kind oh, okay. of stuff. Um, and I kind of drifted from it, but I'm glad to see them doing something kind of like, you know progressively superhero. There's know. a lot of books that they're coming. They had some one book the art looks from awesome. all over this place. Like, <laughs> the art looks awful. There's a book called The Middleman, which I wanted to look into. Yeah. Um, and it sold out almost immediately at the convention. But that's written by one of the guys from Loss, uh, Javier Grillo Max. That guy, he's good. Yes, he is. Uh, <laughs> but look into that book. Uh, that's all. Yeah. Um, okay, well, before we move on, um, I quickly wanted to uh, talk about the Chicago Comic Con. Oh, yes. Um, after Josh talked about his, um, his experience, his books he picked up in San Diego, um, last, last weekend I was in Chicago for the Chicago Con and had a great time. Um, I spoke at length. Uh, I appeared on Augie DeBleek's The Pipeline Podcast. And What's with you going on other shows and talking funny stuff? I'm sorry. Don't you know we own your ass? <laughs> um, and you can go to thepipelinepodcast.com um, to hear the, the long, drawn-out things about uh, my experience at the convention. But real quickly, had a good time. Much smaller than Sandy. I want to tell Josh and Connor because actually I haven't told them anything about it this whole week. You went to Chicago? Which, yes. I know. That's where, where that's is Chicago? Um, flyover state. But it was... Yeah, it's a flyover con. Totally. Um, but uh, much more small. Well, because what we had heard before you left, somebody had said on our boards... I heard Wisdom Chicago is the new San Diego. It's as big as it's as big and as, as so raucous as San Diego. <laughs> Honestly, it was maybe as big as WonderCon, if not maybe a little smaller. Wow. Um, I heard this year was an off year in terms of guests. The special guests were Dan DiDio, Joe Casada, and Michael Turner, who were probably going to be at the convention anyway. Right. Um, but Mark Miller was there, right. which is kind of a big deal. Um, uh, Paul Jenkins was there, and Paul Jenkins was playing pool for charity at the Hero Initiative booth like the entire weekend. Like, literally, like, we were there in the last hour, and he was still like, come on, play me, play me in pool. <laughs> That's really cool, though. Yeah, it was they, awesome. They, they raised a ton of money. They, they raised, like, $15,000. Yeah, it was nice. amazing. So I, I volunteered for two hours in the booth, and, and, um, and Gordon, the intern. Time. Gordon the intern was there with me, and he's volunteering as well. Um, but real quickly, you know, like, the um, saw the guys from Round Comics, saw John from War Balloon, um, saw the guys who do Hero Envy. That, yes. uh, that oh. uh, video show on the web They, they were awesome They were really cool They gave me a couple of DVDs I'm going to check out I'm excited to see that stuff um, Met a really cool artist uh, from Who's there on the Marvel booth Who's doing some work on Hulk uh, David Naka, Naka, I'm, I'm gonna, Nakayama Nakayama Yeah I'm, I'm going to butcher his name I'm sorry But he was really really nice He gave me an awesome X-Men print um, uh, Jean Grey and Emma Frost Kind of had a slumber party Kind of thing um, the one so thing, porn. No, it wasn't porn. It was, <laughs> but um, but what was really cool? What was really cool about Wizard World Chicago was that, and I don't know if it's because San Diego is so big, Artist Alley doesn't seem as big as it actually is. But at Chicago, Artist Alley was at least a third of it. 
Mm-hmm. At, at least, the, like it was like Artist Alley, the retailers, and the companies. Mm-hmm. And Artist Alley, you could just get lost walking through. Matt Sillity from the Homeless Channel was there, um, fresh off his Boing Boing mention. Um, there was a whole bunch of indie artists that I never heard of. A lot of people were, you know, trying to hawk their wares and, you know, like get you to look at their stuff. It was really, really cool and really had that vibe of creators who might be up and coming who were really trying to make it, as well as all the stuff that we, you know, you just keep walking by that's no good. Um, I'm sorry if that was one of you people. Um, but there was a lot of people who were fans of the show. There's a lot of uh, my fanboy faithful there. It was really, really cool. We had a nice little meetup Friday night. Um, so it was just a good time. And the question being, though, is Chicago a must go to? Yes. I'd say no. Well, if you want to go to a con like that, you'd be equally as served going to WonderCon or, or Heroes Con or Chicago. And the tough thing about Chicago for us has always been that it's always been two weeks after it's San so Diego. It's so soon to San Diego. Next year they're moving it, and oh, it's either a week before or after Heroes Con in June. I can tell you what I'm going to pick if I have to choose. What? Heroes Con. Okay. I thought that would be obvious. Oh, okay. <laughs> the barbecue's much better. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. <laughs> it's just independent. Cool. Awesome. You going to come next year? Mm, well, probably not. Jerk. WonderCon. Beef. I want to hang out with Heroes Con. I mean, Heroes Con. I want to hang out with people in Chicago. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's the thing. You know, it's, it's, it's the timing. Why do they have to put right. it in June? I know, but the thing is, is like San Francisco's got tiki bars, Heroes Con's got barbecue, Chicago's deep dish. Chicago's not in Chicago though. Right, it's not. Also, it's in the fucking an hour away suburbs. If Chicago was it's in Wizard Chicago, Ro- it's Wizard World Rosemont. That's what it is. Rosemont. If it was in Chicago, it's a different story. All right. Exactly. Netflix got over seventy-five thousand titles and no late fees. There's free shipping. There's fast delivery. Uh, the majority of our shipments um, are still not finished in the script. It said the majority of our shipments, the entire time we've had this, that sentence has been cut off the entire time. And normally I, sk- normally I skip it, but not this time. Plans start as low as four ninety nine a month. Um, you can go to slash iFanboy and get a free two week trial. So are we just going to leave that? Yeah, why not? Okay, then I'm just going to leave this. <laughs> Alright, so let's go into email now. Let's try to get We some... all love Netflix. By the way, I'm, I'm out of room for friends. Yeah, which yeah. is fascinating. You can only have 50. I did, that's amazing. You should email them. Um, I've got Netflix. And oh, I've, yeah, well, I've been writing to people back like, I'm yeah. sorry. It's yeah. not that I don't like you. So, uh, I've got the okay. Harry Potter movies. Oh, good for you. Um, I got for your consideration the Christopher Guest movie. Yeah, I, which I, I just in the theater. Uh, ER season six, oh. disc five, just finished. Nice. Cool. Kovach. All right, so um, so let's dive into our emails. The first one, uh, Josh is going to tell us about. Uh, okay, so he maybe this is from Bronson O'Quinn. Great name. <laughs> he's apparently he's a leprechaun. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh, it may be a bit. I may be a bit of a comic noob, and this question may seem stupid, but I'm really too drunk to care. Always a good way to start, by the way. That wasn't sarcastic. Uh, anyway, at my shop, they don't bag and board new comics until they put them in boxes. So I have to bag and board them myself. When I do so, I do my best to squeeze all the air out of the bag beforehand, gently, I might add. But even then, when I stack them up, before boxing them, they act slippery and are hard to keep in a stack. Now, my question is, is this kind of obsession about air content something strange, or do you guys sympathize and have a system? I love this guy. I, 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 I love this guy. I just picture him methodolo- method- methodologically, methodically. Putting, methodically putting each bag in, like sucking one of those machines to suck yeah. the air out and taking Vacuum it the same it. way. Yeah, exactly. I love this guy. Space bags. Um, I, I do feel for you as the only one who bags the boards here. I don't I don't press the air out or take them. I did when I bagged the board. I pressed the air out. Oh, you did? I yeah. didn't press the air out. Um, but they do get slippery. I have noticed the different types of bags get slippery. What happens is this, and I remember this, is you that at first... You more the, in, the, in the box. At first, they're slippery, but if you leave them in a stack for a little while, yeah. that goes away. Yeah. Which yeah. probably means that your comics are rotting, but... But either way, I feel for you. I sympathize with you. You're not just drunk or a noob. So. My bagless stack is excellent now. Yeah. Good for you. Excellent. <laughs> I don't bag. Want. Get more in the box that way. Whatever. Katie from sunny England writes. Got a lady in a room. Sunny England. Sunny England. It's not really. It's sunny in parts of it for an hour or two, a year. <laughs> She's in that circle. It follows her around. <laughs> uh, just wondering if someone who's only recently dabbled in the DC universe with Birds of Prey and Jonah Hex, which I am currently loving, and as someone who loves the Justice League cartoon and Teen Titans cartoon, what would you recommend me? Because I want to get into DCU more being a mainly Marvel lady. Mainly, mainly Marvel. Mainly Marvel lady. Also, last week on the video podcast, you interviewed Cecil Castellucci, author of Plain Jeans. After seeing that, I went out and got it, and I freaking loved it, so thanks for the recommendation. And I hope to get around to picking up The Absolute New Frontier after hearing you guys going on about it. And seeing the trailer for the animated movie has me excited as well. I'm so confused. She wants to know how... She's a Marvel person getting into DC. You're a Marvel person. Yeah. What's good for... What's good in DC for Marvel people? Justice Society? Justice Society. Um, the trade just came out. Yeah, get the Justice Society. The new trade just came out, or the old trades. Um... 
Go back and we were just talking about the Flash. Go back and pick up Mark Wade's Flash. That's what got me into it. Go back Flash Wade and Kyle Rayner Green Lantern. Issues. Go back and find JLA Year One by Mark Wade and Barry Kitson. Yeah, yep. yeah, oh, good, yeah. Good that's thing. good stuff. Um, so you like Green Arrow? I like Green Arrow. I do. I really like Green Arrow. It's a good time to get um, it. if you want to know what's going on in the DC universe. It's a really good time to check out uh, Green Lantern stuff. There's uh, Sinestro Corps just started, so you find that special. They just reprinted it. Get the like Green Lantern, the fourth printing, the Green Lantern Rebirth series. Which yeah. is, you know, um, she said she liked the Plain Jane, so I say get any of the books. All the Minx books have been great. There has not been a miss on the Minx line yet. Nope. So um, uh, if you're feeling for a little more adult fare, then you know Vertigo stuff like yeah, that. You, said, you like the yeah, Plain Jane? Well, the Plain Jane isn't DC. I know. So. I know. You were just you were just God. You can't even help it. You don't even know you're doing it. I know, I did that on purpose. That was yeah. totally on purpose. So alright, um, our next email comes from Mike D from Brooklyn. Wait. Um Beastie Boys. Mike Diamond. There's like seventeen Mike D's. I know fault four Mike D's. Really? Are they uh, the Beastie Boys? No, they're not. None of them are. None of them? So, anyway. Um, so Mike D was at a comic book shop recently and was recommended Warren Ellis's Planetary. He'd heard of Ellis and Wildstorm, but not at all familiar with it, having only returned to comics about a year ago, with credit to us to us guys. Um, he read it. It's dot 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 okay. Question mark. <laughs> it was not great, though. To me, anyway. In terms of reimagining the superhero, or whatever you want to call it, I was way more impressed with the stories in, say, Supreme Power slash Squadron Supreme by Straczynski <laughs> than I was the Planetary. Do any of you love it? Hate it? Feels, feel as let down as I after after I read it? Way too way too much tough guy or girl one-liner shtick for my, for my comic book buds, and it honestly makes the prospect of finally diving into Preacher more daunting. Why? Not that I won't eventually. Also, what about Squadron Supreme, Hyperion slash Supreme Power? Okay, so I found this email particularly interesting because a friend of mine um, started reading Planetary, got the first trade, and didn't like it at all. Now, mind you, I've never read it, but she had a hard time understanding it, um, didn't really get it, and asked the proprietor of her comic book store what the deal with it was, and he said, you just need to throw out, kind of like watching The X-Files, you need to give up understanding it and just kind of go with it. You need to release your preconceived notions of comic books and just ride it, and it will pay off. I've never read it. I know you read it, Connor. So what did you, I mean... Well, the first... first thing to point out is that don't paint Preacher and Planetary in the same brush because they're two different works by two different authors because Preacher has nothing to do with Planetary or Warren Ellis. So that's... That's true. Silly. Absolutely. It's funny. Supreme Power is just a ripoff of Squadron Supreme, which is a ripoff of the Justice League. It's not reimagining. It's just... This is a ripoff book. Well, no, no. I think what Straczynski's been doing recently has been... has moved away from that. Right, but it's based on something that was a ripoff of Justice League. It's not a reimagining. It's just a a copying. Right, no, but the, planetary is, is reimagining the heroes in a more realistic setting. Right, but I think the same could be said for J, what JMS has been doing recently on on, on Supreme Power. Eh, I haven't read it. I haven't read it, but I, I only read the it. Max the Max I, miniseries. I can actually tell you that I feel uh, very similar to how he does about Planetary. I mm. read probably half of it, and I wanted to like it, and it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It looks great. Yeah, um, Cassidy and our but. I just felt like it was like here's the Hong Kong action movie issue and here's this issue and I just well that was the first half and the second half was when all the mystery came yeah. together and it started revealing who the bad guys were and how I just it was wasn't all I wasn't global. interested and I didn't like that ever that I was supposed to think it was the greatest thing ever because I didn't right and it wasn't bad or anything but I, I think I felt largely underwhelmed like he did now I didn't keep reading it for a couple of reasons for one thing uh, it didn't come out regularly at all which no. it made it really but now that it's really in trades, no yeah, we're still waiting for the final things. issue it's been. Over really? Two years. Oh, really? They yeah. haven't. I thought it was been done. I thought it was. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So that's bad. Well, I don't know. But either way, um, I wouldn't. I mean, the fact that he was way more impressed with with the stuff by Straczynski. That I mean, like we, I, I started reading the Max with Supreme Power. I read the Max series. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know he's been on it for the past couple of years, but it just doesn't. I just have no interest in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So. In terms of reimagining Planetary, blows uh, Supreme Power out of the water. However, you know that that being said, maybe authorities. You know, yeah. I loved the authority, and that really I thought reimagined the superhero team. Yeah, where planetary's specific archetypes authority is is different. I don't think you should blame Warren Ellis for planetary. I think you should read Authority. I think you should check out Transmetropolitan. These are all books. The thing about Warren Ellis is that every project, while they all do, like I know what you're saying about the punchy one line like tough guy thing, and he does do that. But it's a lot of his early work, especially you can't paint all of his works with one brush, oddly enough. Well, I think the main takeaway from this is that um, Mike D needs to go read Preacher. Just don't worry about any of the superhero stuff. Just read Preacher. Preacher's got nothing to do with this. So, um, if you have a question, you can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. We love to get the emails. And uh, this week we have uh, the lone voicemail from Jeff from Texas. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Uh, Well, Blade just ended. It's a somewhat lackluster run. The writing was awesome. The art was a little bit but uh, I was wondering, why is it that um, Marvel can't get 
supernatural books like Doctor Strange or Blade or Werewolf by Night to go past the miniseries. Doctor Strange hadn't had an ongoing... I can't remember the last ongoing Doctor Strange had. I'm sure it was early 90s. But why why can't they get people to buy supernatural Marvel books? And what would it take for you to buy a Blade comic? What team would it take? Me personally? <laughs> yes, you personally. What? I am not interested. I have no interest. See, that's in the thing that there's there's no there's there's a very small market for supernatural comics. There well, used to be a bigger market in the seventies. Well, yeah, yeah this, I think a, lot, a big thing of it is that we don't have a lot of blacklight posters, and we don't have a lot of. I mean, no, I mean it was a different time period. But I, mean, it, but, I know a lot of people who love Doctor Strange in the seventies. But horror comics, specific, specifically, you know, Blades of Vampire comic, horror comics in. Uh, indie comics are, are but they're different. They're different audiences. Up. But it's like it's. But the th- the, I think the difference is, is that horror comics now, and I haven't read the horror comics. So I'm not really into horror and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I feel as if horror has taken a change, at least in the movies with the saws and mm-hmm. the, like what's the word the, the, the torture, torture porn. the torture porn type stuff. You know where and I don't know if they're doing that in comics, but saw is much different than Doctor Strange or Blade. Sure. But even then, what a horror independent book sells is not going to cut it at Marvel. Yeah. There's just not an audience. The Doctor Strange miniseries we all love from Brian K. Vaughan did not sell well. Did it not? No, yeah. it didn't. Because really? there's no audience for that. There's yeah. just the current. That was so good. The current climate is not for Doctor Strange or Blade or Werewolf by Night or any of those popular you know, '70s s- books. Sometimes a character is best as a supporting character. Yep, not everybody can have a man. And I, I, maybe that Doctor Strange these days doesn't work so well on his own because the thing is that every every writer, every single one, who's your favorite? Who do you really want to write? And so many of them go, I want to write Doctor Strange. Because it's the re- 70s. Re- but yeah, do you realize this happens? They're going to say Doctor Strange and in 10 years, they're going to say, they're gonna say Cable. Oh. Yeah, the writer's going to... Yeah. Do you think we skipped Cable? No, no. I, I, I mean, I think there'll be a lot of writers coming up who grew up in the '90s, and they're going to say, you know, I could do Cable, just okay, like the same yeah, way they're saying, saying that. And then in in twenty years, it's going to be Daredevil again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's that's it's just what happens. The flow. Well, in twenty years, I do have to say too. is that Chaykin was on the art on, Dare, on Blade, and I personally like Chaykin. I know, yeah. I know the, I like the art looked good, but Blade lost a hand and had a wooden stake as a hand. Which I was like, oh, that looks cool. Like, it was like it was just a pokey I, stick. I see. I haven't I've heard that people, like I've heard that people yeah. like because it. it was Guggenheim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like it. But there just isn't a market. I mean, so. more than anything, the, you you have to has a combination of character and creator. Yep. They must be so mystified at Marvel because but DC the movies, can't do it either. The movies, no, because yeah. the movies did really well, but the book won't sell for nothing. Right. Because yeah. there's no crossover. Yeah, yeah. DC can't do it either, though. Doctor Strange, all the just Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate. Doctor Fate. Yeah. Those books don't sell either. So, all right. Well, um, if you have a question for us, you want to call on to the voicemail line. You can call one eight 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 fanboys. That's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. And I think that about wraps us up. Keep keep, keep them short. Keep Thank them short. The voicemail. The voicemail. Yes, yes, that's an important thing. We've gotten a bunch of voicemails that are just you're just too darn long. And if we have to edit, <laughs> if we have to edit them, yeah, yeah. you know. So try to keep your voicemails under thirty seconds or so. Um, I'm looking at you, Omar from Alpharetta. Um, so yeah, so um, so yeah, so uh, call the voicemail one eight eight fanboys. Um, so yeah, so we got uh, we got a nice little video show coming up. Um, and the past two weeks, uh, we've seen our San Diego footage. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, this week we've got one last show from San Diego, which but it's uh, not like a San Diego show. It's not like a San Diego show at all. But hopefully you'll dig it. So um, it's about one of the Vertigo books that we're so high on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so go to um, ifanboy.com every Wednesday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern time ish to see the new episode of the video or revision three. And if it's not uh, at that time of the week, you can go to ifanboy anyway. Uh, ifanboy.com. Uh, for discussions and, and blog posts and, and, and just whatever stuff people are talking about. Uh, it's been really great lately. And the uh, full Pick of the Week review is there. Yep, every every Wednesday night you can see that. And then there's the, the forums at Revision 3 where there's lots of new people who have been showing up lately and it's been a lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, very, very cool. At jinx.com slash iFanboy, that's where you can find the iFanboy t-shirt. Which is selling like hotcakes. It's blue with a red logo on it. The back says intern because you can join our intern staff. Yeah. I don't like mayo. Keep that in mind if you become one of our interns. <laughs> um, I, in Chicago, people were wearing them yeah. a, a, that I didn't sell them to personally. I was impressed. I was like walking. I thought it was Gordon. <laughs> like three times, I went to call somebody and it wasn't that. It was, it was somebody wearing the shirt. That's awesome. Did you have them carry your bags? Yes. Awesome. And, yeah. So um, we'd like to hear your stories about how you explained it to people what it was. And also, <laughs> oh, you, so send your picture yeah, into Jinx. Say, yeah, take your pictures and submit them to Jinx.com where they'll put. They've already posted a couple on there. You can see our lovely Gordon the intern. And if you online. send in a picture. You get free stickers. Yeah, so, so don't do, do that. that. So um, cool. Um, there's a whole bunch of things you can do as well. Um, you can go to the Frapper map uh, at frapper.com/slash/ifanboy. Stick your pin in the map and join the ifanboy faithful. 
Um, you can go to myspace.com slash ifanboy or comicspace.com slash ifanboy or verb.com slash ifanboy or go to Facebook and look for the ifanboy group. Um, or, or my favorite one currently, twitter.com slash ifanboy, where um, we be Twittering. Um, we Twitter at our, events. Our, we t- yeah, but, but more so we're going to do now the events are over, we'll do little kind of comic musings throughout the week. And, and we each have them too. Yeah. You could sign up for ours yeah. if you wanted to. So. And if you like the show, you can vote for us in Podcast Alley, or you can write a review in iTunes for both the audio and the video show. And even better than that is you can tell your friends, tell your retailers, tell people at the comic store, tell your mom or your girlfriend, tell them about the iFanboy show, and... Uh, you know what? Tell your dad. Tell your dad. Yeah. You tell your dad. I bet, he, well, I bet he read comics. I bet he read you Dr. Know, Strange I bet, in the I 70s. Bet, and he would go, yeah, I like these guys. They're funny. <laughs> and if your dad does like it, tell him to open up his wallet. <laughs> um, you, can go, you can go to iFanboy.com slash donations, where you can, um, if you like what we're doing, you can donate to us via PayPal. Hey, Dad, um, can, I, can I have five bucks? <laughs> exactly. That's all it takes. Um, and we really appreciate everybody's support. Um, We're gonna go to the movies, so I just I wanted to get some popcorn. So, <laughs> so all right. Um, I think this week we deserve ice cream. It's flipping hot in here. <laughs> we haven't had a show in a while. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's it's actually quite nice in New York right now, but we're recording this inside with the thing. It, we're actually recording this in the sauna, and so we're like oh. kind of like steaming. Here, by the way, just yeah. in case you're curious, that's this is what it's gonna sound like if you have the fan on. How's that feel? That feels good. Oh, that's nice. But you see, it doesn't sound good. But then I'm going to open the window, too. Yeah. Okay, so there's... Like, someone just got murdered out there. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> you know what you are? You're a real fucking jerk. Yeah. <laughs> the last goodbye. So, just to make sure, we had... Uh, <laughs> They had Ron, you were here. Oh, stop it. All right, so I'll Stop you talking up. like that. Here is Connor. Present. And I saw Josh here. Rush pissed me a moment ago. I'll just take him off. <laughs> and this show is officially done. So thank you very much. Is that the fan? Yeah, you can... <laughs> <laughs> when it blows, who does it... Who